Hello and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast for another week. I'm afraid it's me here on the ones and twos. Uh, well, it's just one. I don't have another one. The, on the ones this week because Aid is off on his way to Canada. The International Globetrotter has buggered off again this week and left Rachel and I to helm the good ship uh, Sunny 16. But that's all right. We'll always cope without him. Um, you know, we're having to learn to now that he's just run off with another woman. Is Chris Markwell a woman? I don't think so, but uh, you know what I mean anyway. You get the point. Anyway, Rach, how are you? Hi, Graham. I'm okay. I've started to thaw out finally um, after a very, very cold week uh, last week. And I'm sorry that I wasn't around uh, um, for the previous week's show. It's, uh, as you say, I'd busied myself into a corner. I think that was quite an appropriate way of putting it, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, but much better um, today. And I'm here and ready and excited to uh, speak to our special guest. We have got a very special guest this week. Uh, you were much missed, Rachel. I think I have to point out we got, got we always get yeah. complaints when you're on the show. But um, <laughs> Rachel, do you want to introduce our special guest? Because you were getting, actually getting a chance to try out some of his special product last week. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. Carry on. That did sound really bad. Thank, <laughs> thanks very much, Graham. Okay, so um, sorry about that. Anyway, I'd like to introduce um, Steve Lloyd, who is also known as at Everyday Photographics on Instagram. Um, is that also on Twitter, Steve? Are you on, on there as um, well? No. No, okay. I'm not really a Twitter user. But on Instagram, you're on there. And uh, basically, you're the creator of the Chroma 5x4 large format camera. So as Graham was saying, I've had a chance to be testing that out over the last week. But uh, it'd be really nice to hear a little bit about yourself. Um, so hello, Steve. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Graham. You OK? <laughs> yes. Now, so first off, uh, it's my understanding, Steve, that it's directly your fault that Rachel wasn't on the podcast last week because she was taking delivery <laughs> of her camera. So... Um, <laughs> What, what's your excuse? Yeah, apologies for that. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, My excuse, it was a uh, deliberately uh, late run build, as all the best cameras are. Yeah. <laughs> the 11th hour is always the best time. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, listeners, eagle-eared listeners may remember that you did actually appear on the podcast. God, it was couple of months ago now I guess wouldn't mm -hmm. it when you bumped into Rachel up in Liverpool when you were doing a promotional video um, for your Kickstarter you got coming up that's right isn't it? Yeah that's right I was up there with uh, Hamish Gill. Oh god so you've been hanging out with all the riffraff then? I have all the commoners. <laughs> well for, for people who may not have heard that episode or who like me have a goldfish like memory and have forgotten what is the chroma that we're talking about? What is this thing that you are working on at the moment? Um it is basically a brand new acrylic uh, large format field camera. So it's uh, nothing else exists like it. I kind of came up with it as a bit of a, a pub idea when I was on a, a film photography meetup and it was a bit of an offhand idea. And then it's kind of grown from there over about the last uh, two years on and off. Um, so we're, we're now at the point of working cameras Um and, it, and say Rachel's been been trying to for me in the in the most difficult conditions on the roof in Birmingham. <laughs> yes, it Rachel was, Pop. Yes, it was, defi <laughs> it was definitely uh, being put through its paces, wasn't it? Um, the yep. uh, poor Peter test, Peter test camera. Um, so just going back a little bit to when um, you came up to Liverpool and, and we mm -hmm. were there with Hamish and you were making the video. Obviously, you had your prototype there. Yep. Uh, with you um that was one that you'd presumably you'd only built one at that point is that right uh it, that was actually the fourth um, oh, was it? i'm looking at five as, as i sit here um the first one i built was a was a very simplistic mdf version mdf is much cheaper than acrylic to um to see if it worked 
Um, and then I've kind of built variations since then and iterations and different models. Um, so the one that I had in Liverpool was pretty much the final design. Um, I've made a few changes to it for the, the beta model that you had. Mm. And I'm kind of now at the point where I've got a, what, what would I feel as the, as the final model. So, so I'm intrigued, Steve. Now, you said that this um, has all come about from uh, an idle conversation in a pub. Yeah. Um, I, I've had a few idle conversations in the pub, and they <laughs> have yet to result in me creating a camera whole cloth. What, what's your background with this stuff? Because I'm guessing this is not your first rodeo. At least I hope it isn't, otherwise we're going to have a real shonky camera on our hands. Yeah. How have you come to, um, to be doing this in the first place? You, you're clearly going to the wrong pub. But, um, yeah, I've I've kind of... My background is a bit of everything. I, I started building things when I was, I don't know, maybe five or six. I've got an older brother who's three years older than me, and, and my dad is a modeler, and he does model railways and various things. So we kind of learned power tools before we could walk, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is always a fun a fun challenge. <laughs> How old are you now? Because I mean, you've got a very deep voice, but if you're only 11, we might need to check, check, check some <laughs> 39 now. <laughs> oh, okay. Phew, carry on. Um so yeah, so we've always built things. We used to, I used to race radio control cars. We we then developed onto putting model rockets onto radio control cars, which is <laughs> another story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've done all sorts of things, and I kind of fell into cameras. Then I've, I've been a sort of semi-professional photographer for I don't know about about ten years, on and off shooting kind of portrait on digital portraits, weddings, mainly landscapes as well. So. Kind of fell into that from a, a friend of mine, and I'd say we used to go off middle of Snowdonia, minus six degrees, and freeze ourselves standing in lake shooting landscapes. Um, I then kind of found film. It was something I, I shot film when I was a, when I was young. Obviously, most of my pictures had no heads and fingers in the frame, but when I had film, not now. Um, <laughs> so I, I kind of fell back into film cameras, and I. I've always loved the mechanics with film cameras and the the fact that you can take them apart and reassemble them and put them back together and generally they work. Um, so I've built a lot of custom cameras. So they've been things like reskinning cameras. I've built wood veneered Polaroid SX-70s. I've 3D printed a, an Instax back for my medium format TLR. So it kind of shoots a bit of everything. So I've always done things Um I've only built one large format camera before, which was a Polaroid 110 conversion. Um, so I've kind of worked my way up from 35mm to medium format to large format. And I say I was on a, um, a film photography meetup off the Talk Photography website. There's a film conventional section on that, which has got a good group of people and we're all various backgrounds. And we, we've we've had several meetups where we go and spend the weekend up sort of on the bank of Windermere and all over the country, really. And we, we all kind of have a laugh and end up in a pub and come up with these crazy ideas for building cameras so that's kind of where i ended up of this yeah i'm sure i can do that you know i'm sure we can come up with that and then that kind of started me off and the one of the guys who was getting the train back with me from from the lake district was laughing that i was on the train designing the camera sort of on the hoof and Mm. working through the ideas so once i get an idea in my head i kind of find it hard to put it down then so that's where we've we've got to from here so why 
large format when you when you started thinking about okay mm. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna build something new and crazy. Uh, why 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 large format and also why acrylic because um, it is an unusual material to be working mm-hmm. with, especially when you're starting out from there. Well, I'm gonna be doing this in my own back garden kind of thing. <laughs> um, good question. The the point of large format, I think, is because personally, I love shooting medium format. Um, 35 mil, I've always found kind of not enough of an advantage over current full frame digital. I don't personally feel that I shoot Sony digital and that gives me the results I want. So medium format is a step up. Um, the point of large format that I liked is the flexibility. So the movements in a large format camera, I think is something that you just don't get in other formats. Although I have also 3D printed the medium format field cameras are, but I've never taken that. <laughs> <Of course you've laughs> <laughs> Hasn't everybody. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the large form, the, the, the point of acrylic was that it's different, really, um, and unique. Yeah. I like to kind of challenge myself, and I've, I've got a, a, a good friend of mine runs a, a company, uh, Laser Cutters as well, so I can kind of go and use the lasers, and that's where I've been able to, to spend all my time developing the build, and going through acrylic and things. So it's, it, it, I just love the, the actual material. It's so, um, I don't know, what quite cold in a weird kind of way in that it's very sharp edged and it bolts together and it holds its shape when it's laser cut. There's no, you know, sanding and file in it. It just, you cut it and bolt it and it looks good when it's finished. So. And um, you use, um, you use quite a lot of magnets as well, don't you, Steve? That's yeah, kind of like yeah. one of, one of your, your things um, <laughs> yeah. for when you're building your cameras. And um, I, I really love that. Like the Ondu, um, you know, yeah. um, Pinot, they, they use the magnets yeah. and, and obviously the Ilford Obscure as well. And I just think they're, they are really nice as a way of holding particular pieces yeah. together um but with a nice sort of like clean finish to exactly. it exactly so. yeah i think i've got a bit of a thing against kind of brackets and bolts and clips i i, I kind of like things to have a, a place on a build or on a camera mm-hmm. um i mean i'm a big simple a big fan of apple products which has this kind of seamless build um you don't really see how they work so the idea of the the embedded magnets is that i didn't want to have uh, you know, having to hold a handful of things and holding your ground glass and mm-hmm. putting a bit down here and a bit down there. So everything has to have its place. Um, and I think that's probably part of me. <laughs> yeah. What, one of the things we did find, didn't we, on the on the beta test is that mm-hmm. they are very strong. Yes. <laughs> Impressively <laughs> um, to, strong. <laughs> yeah, we got to the point where I was I was there trying it out at like 11 o'clock at night, I think. Yeah. And I, I couldn't actually get the yeah. back off. <laughs> I found um, it with the on-do camera as well. It's like, <laughs> really, they, they will snap good and hard shot on those things. Yeah, <laughs> they, they were a new, uh, a, a slight change from previous design. We went slightly larger magnets, and uh, I might kind of wind those back a little bit as well. <laughs> well, I mean, it's things like that, though, isn't it? That's really I find really interesting from an engineering perspective mm. because until you get to that point and you've put it together and you go, oh yeah, yeah. fantastic, I've put these new ba- these new magnets in, that it'll all be great. But until somebody goes. Oh, oh! Actually, I can't get in there because I don't have fingernails or something. Yeah, you know, to exactly. Yeah. And you go, oh well, now I need to engineer a little lip that will work. That means I can leverage it to be able to. That's it. You know, it's to like work. at the back, isn't it? Like you say, yeah. with, with kind of getting that. There's a very kind of fine finger grip mm-hmm. on it to take it off, but because that was me trying to make it as 
compact and self-contained but i think there's a there's a point where you've got to do function over form as well and that's yeah. where i'm getting to there's probably a line where you need to stop looking at apple's model and go actually maybe we <laughs> do need a, a headphone jack on this camera because... oh no <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know otherwise people won't be happy um so uh, at what point did this go from being oh i'm going to build this camera out of acrylic because this seems like a, hmm. a new fun thing to try and nobody's <laughs> done it before at what point did it go from a thing that you were just doing for your own fun and enjoyment as an experiment into something that you decided you want to try and build and produce for others as well um <sighs> I've kind of the exact time, but basically I've, when I've, I've built cameras and I've customized cameras, I've always run like a build thread on the film and uh, conventional section on talk photography. So I've kind of become the, the engineer or the mad scientist, whatever, when you look at it on the forum. <laughs> so people have always commented saying they really like following a build along. And I've always kind of been very open with, um, positive and negative of a build. And, you know, I, I might get to a point, I'll take lots of photos as I go along. It helps me building as well and you know i can see where i'm going um so i've always been very open with the build of the camera and the design and i think at first it was it was only ever going to be for myself and it was you know can i do it and let's see what happens because generally i've only ever built one-off cameras and then i've kind of sold those and they fund the next project and then the next one gets built and they use it and then so it was it was probably i don't know maybe 12 months in so sort of some point last last year maybe end of last summer I kind of had more and more people who would comment on the forum asking, when can they buy one? <laughs> Which is generally the sign that um, it'd be good to build one. Um, so it kind of built from that. And then I started posting more pictures of it on a few um, Facebook photography groups, or large format groups and Instagram. And, and again, the feedback was really positive. So um, it was more just a view of, can I do it? I think more than anything else. I'm not I'm not going to retire on it, but it's, it's nice to... It, it's reassuring isn't it when other people like what you build i think yeah, yeah. it's so uh, like like with well like with photography and with, with any other artistic endeavor really it you want your work to be out there and appreciated exactly and, yeah and especially with large format photography um the, it's it's quite a jump i think mm-hmm. if people pick up a 35 millimeter camera it's quite an easy step to go from that to medium format yeah but the, yeah. the next step up to large format it is a much bigger leap in almost every possible way that it can be. It's yeah. uh, it's a lot more expensive to get into. It's a lot more expensive in an ongoing way with all the materials. Um, and it's a, a very different process. Um, and learning that process and getting it down can be very difficult. Um, dealing with it at the back end of, oh, well, okay, I, I've taken these pictures. Now what do I do with them? The whole thing yeah. is is quite a lot more convoluted um yeah do you think that um the chroma is going to um offer people an, an easier way into four by five or or is that not really the niche you see it fitting is it more just a okay well this is a, a good camera that somebody who wants to get into it can do but um it's not so going to be easier with it yeah i mean i mean from my point of view i'm a you know a hobbyist photographer i don't shoot a lot professional anymore but you know the the cost of large format can put people off i think and and you know you've got kind of opposite ends of the scale you, you can buy a brand new large format so you're looking at you know maybe a thousand pound there thereabouts for the kind of the mainstream 
cameras now, or you're looking, you know, secondhand on eBay and you, there's risk of what you're buying. So I think there's a lot of uncertainty uh, with photographers who kind of want to try it out. Um, and the, you know, Intrepid did brilliantly for large format photography. You know, don't get me wrong, they, they did a great job of kind of making things uh, more appealing to the average the average user and i think it's still a niche i think more people who you know there's been a big resurgence in film this year and it's become the thing that a lot of bloggers have written about um i think more people will still generally go and pick up 35 mil cameras or maybe medium formats but the point of macroma is it, it has all the exact same movements that you get on, on another camera um with a lot more control because it's a full technical standard it's not a traditional standard which can be frustrating for someone who is trying to get into large format because generally you know you lose some you change one movement you, you you rise your front standard and it affects the tilt at the same time um which makes large format even more frustrating it's very much a learning curve for that and and also the fact that it's it's custom i love my cameras that are built to be different i don't want to build me too cameras um so the idea of the acrylic build is acrylic comes in a whole host of colors um, so you can make your camera how you want it to be. Uh, it's also modular. So if I've got various ideas, Rachel knows that I, I've, I've kind of come up with different ideas regularly. So down the <laughs> we line, trying to work out yeah. like which bits do we take off and then which bit, new bits do you <laughs> yeah. put on instead? What do we change? What do we modify? Yeah. <laughs> um, so the idea is that it, it's it's completely modular. It's basically made out of three, well, four components. You've got the bellows themselves, which are um, magnetic. So they can be replaced with the bag bellows if you wanted to. Um, you've got a front standard, the rear standard, and, the, and the, the main body, the bed of the camera, which is the focusing control. So I wanted to build a camera that you could, you could grow down the line. So if something changed, you know, I've, I'm working on a, a wet plate holder as well for it. Um, Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got your wet plate sitting here. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've also already drawn up a digital light meter that's built into the ground glass holder mm -hmm. um which is way down the line but that will then take into account things like bellows extension with the light meter which is something that again from a, a new user point of view can be a bit daunting trying to understand that okay well i've got the bellows extended i, I need to add a few extra stops of light so things like this i'm, I'm i want to build it as a an ongoing system so i can add things to it down the line however i release those um so that was kind of my thinking it's a little bit kind of all-encompassing it does you know it looks completely different it's easy to pick up it's light uh, it folds down easily um I mean, that's another thing that's really good with it being acrylic, isn't it? You know, mm -hmm. it was it was to do with the weight as well. Yeah. It's a bit yeah. more transportable than yeah. some of your very older heavy. I, I mean, most of the weight in in the chroma, as far as I could tell, was more from the magnets. And yes. you know, and I I was literally like you know scaling wall mounted ladders, getting it up <laughs> onto the twenty second floor, you know, yeah. of, the, of this skyscraper, and and it was fine. I just basically chucked it in. <laughs> sorry. I shouldn't no, say I chucked it in. No, I, I, put so. it, <laughs> I placed it very carefully <laughs> into like a shopping bag um, to like get it up onto the roof because um, yeah. I thought actually if I, because the, the way that the ladders were positioned, they actually had like a cage on the back. So I couldn't put it into my backpack, right. which I was originally going to do. Um, and uh, and obviously it was a, there was a little bit of um, sort of um, 
things that you were going to be fixing with that hinge and that kind mm -hmm. of thing as well. So mm -hmm. in terms of the folding, it was partly folded, um, but not fully, which it will be, um, yeah. I, I presume, when you're actually launching it. Yeah. Um, so it was just sort of like adapting that. And I thought, well, actually, it's it's light enough, like as a physical mm. thing, that I can just pop it into any bag, really, and like take it, scale, the side, scale the side of a building. Sound like I'm <laughs> abseiling. But it just really, it, it was portable enough to be able to do that, yeah. which you just wouldn't be able to do, you know, yeah. with my older heavy you know wet play camera or whatever that's it i mean i think when we met in liverpool saying i wasn't either you know as a photographer i don't get a lot of time to get out i've got two young kids and a busy mm -hmm. family life so i wanted to build a camera that could kind of grab and go yeah. um you know previous cameras have built um, the a polar, the polar conversion i built was was compact it was small i could throw it in a very small bag um, with a couple of film holders and go out at lunchtime and go and shoot you know, fire off a few slides with it. Uh, and that's what I wanted to replicate, but to have the benefit of movement and flexibility of, you know, you can put your different lenses in it. Uh, you can cover most common focal lengths with it. So could you do, because we haven't spoken at great length about large <laughs> format on the podcast at all, because um, Aid hasn't done any large format photography. I've done very little. Um, I have a large format camera and it mostly <laughs> baffles me. Um, and Rachel's it's Ronald. Yeah, it's Ronald, good old Ronald, good old massive <laughs> Ronald. Um, and obviously, Rach is the only one of us that really has done it, so we've not really spoken that. And for people who may not have shot any large format at all, I know you talked about a few things like technical standard and mm -hmm. all the terms which mean very little to me. <laughs> um, could you give us a bit of an idea about, about the different kinds of large format camera, about what the Chroma is, and, and what you can do with this kind of camera that you yep. can't do with other kinds of cameras? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the main, the underlying kind of benefits of movements that with a large format gives you over kind of medium and 35 mil on the whole is um, distortion control. So, you know, the, the best example is if you stand at the base of a, a tall building and look upwards, take a picture, your verticals are going to go out of straight. They're going to converge. So if you take, you know, they never look real because that's how distortion works with the sensor not being in line with the the face of the building so with large format photography what you can do is you can keep the the film straight up if you like and you move the lens then on its own to correct that that distortion so rather than having to point your camera up at the side of the building to get all the picture and you can raise the lens instead which raises the point of view and gets the whole building in you can then add front tilt or swing all these various movements um it just gives you a lot more control particularly for you know architecture landscape but also portraits um you're basically controlling your depth of field rather than just how much depth of field you have like when you open up your aperture or step it down you can also control the direction it, it falls in as well so um you can it, it, it it's more effort obviously large format <laughs> isn't a run and gun um, medium that's <laughs> that's why i have 35 mil medium format to some degree um but the results show for it basically so it's kind of like you, you get out what you put in with large format uh, it's never going to be a quick method to do photography and I, I think that's part of the appeal of it that you know everything you read about film photography it's always you know it slows you down it stops you firing off 100 shots and picking the best one afterwards Large format is just the next step up from that. You might go out for a day and take four shots, but the idea is that you've taken your time over every one of those, so you should be happy with all of them. It doesn't always work out the way, but that's the idea. 
This um, sounds like my week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair point. We'll come on to that. <laughs> I, I, um, I suppose most so, recently we were we were talking to um, Isabel Curtis recently, mm. and and she uses large format a lot, and obviously she's using the um, depth of field control in, in quite yeah. a different way there to isolate um, you know thin slivers of stuff that she wants to yeah. be very much in focus. That they allow for a, a lot of creative choices, don't they? Large format cameras, yeah. I think that's it. Like say, it's it just gives you more control. I mean, I use a, a shift lens on my digital kit, and it's brilliant, you know, and it gives you that extra layer of control. But large format, again, I just love the results from it. I mean, I'm a massive fan of slide film. Um, I love shooting slide, and you get the kind of stained glass windows off medium format film um, or 35 mil. But to see large format slide film it is again the next step up. Nothing compares to it personally for me i think uh, nasa was talking about that actually wasn't he um i don't know if you remember um graham mm. um when we were talking to nasa about because he'd worked in a in a photographic lab um mm. and uh, he said there's just nothing like getting a large format yeah. slide negative and seeing it on the light box it's just yeah. beautiful and just so so different from from other yeah the colors know. are fantastic and just yeah. the result i mean obviously when it goes wrong it's, it costs you more but <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part of the reason why you take your time. It's it's yeah. you know it's that this is going to cost me ten fifteen pound for one picture, and if it's wrong, it's my fault. You know, and I, I, I love the fact it's my fault. You know, it's it, I can only kick myself for it. Yeah. Taking responsibility um, for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right or wrong, it, it was it, it's down to me. So uh, I think that's what I like. I mean, I love shooting medium format. I do love my TLRs, and you know, mm-hmm. looking down on the glass, and it's brilliant. But to look at an image on on a, a five by four ground glass when you're composing it is amazing it's really good and it it, it is it, i don't know it's just it's just real it feels more real you're not looking through a viewfinder you're not kind of squinting through the, the little light box if you like so um that's that's my take on large format anyway that, that's why i, I why i like doing it okay so, so you you've convinced me now that i should definitely have a large format <laughs> camera <laughs> obviously you do uh, have a large format I camera, do have yeah. a large format camera. <laughs> it's like convinced you should use your large format camera <laughs> i just need to learn how to use it yeah um <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit about ronald actually um graham because um it's been a while since you've spoken about him. <laughs> so ronald is um uh, now you may have to correct me on some of this because i'm sure i'll get it wrong but um he's a monorail camera that's the kind mm-hmm. of camera right so yep um, so he's big and he's heavy. Yep. Um, yep. He does have a full range of movements, which is great. So I can raise and yep. lower the the panels. That's the standards, right? The front and the back. Yes. They okay, <laughs> so they can go up and down. They can tilt backwards and forwards and left and right. So they have a huge range of motion. Um, the problem I've had with it so far is that because of its size, it's quite difficult to just yep. head out and about with it. Um, but... Uh, yeah, that's what I need to do. I mean, the thing that I found when I've used Ronald in the past is that, as with any photographic technique, you need to do enough of it for some of it to become at least slightly automated. Because when you're really having to stop yeah. and think and then think again about every single step, yeah. it makes the process very slow. And, and that's where I'm at the moment. So um, yeah. I'm having to think, okay, have I put... Am, uh, you know, am I checking the focus right? Is this right? Is this right? Look up. Have I put this in the right way? Because there's so many steps with it. Yeah. Um, and I think you can get yourself ties off in knots a little bit. It's like a Rubik's Cube. If you go too far down one way, you're completely lost. And you think, well, I may as well start from, from scratch again. Get them verticals, get them aligned, and now try again. 
Yeah. Um, and I think that's it. You, it. It's tiny movements, I think, is the key with large formats. It's it's like I do it. It's too easy to go, right, let's throw, you know, 45-degree tilt. It's going to look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Where's but, everyone gone? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that said, I have to mean the, the limited amount of, I mean, and when I say limited, I mean like probably a handful of frames I've shot with it. Mm. Um, the nice thing is that when you do get out there, because you are looking at, at the ground glass in the back, you know, yeah. once you start moving things around, I mean, you, you see exactly what you're going to get. Yeah. There's, there's no, yeah. there's nothing else that you, so, and, and I actually found it, that side of things, quite, intuitive because you're like oh i tilt this way and you can start to get a, a real feel for it i really enjoyed yeah. that i mean one of the biggest problems i've got at the moment is just the fact that my lens um once that shutter speed starts getting low so sort of say to one two seconds then mm. that it's completely out of whack i think one second lasts about four or five right. seconds and oh, so, fair enough um, <laughs> time for a clean <laughs> yeah so i think i may need to send that away it's a bit of an old knackered lens unfortunately i probably just right. need to i mean that's that is the other thing that i find a little bit confusing with some of the large frame stuff is it even things like okay i'd like to get another lens but i'm mm. not actually sure what kind of lens i need or what fits with the board and i've only got the one board and, uh it this it gets a bit confusing if you're not yeah. using one of the, the, the um more mainstream um brands yeah i mean the the chroma is basically the front standard is obviously what you, you drop your lens board into it's built around a linhoff worcester board size yeah. shape um the my original builds early early on used a very simple square lens board and it, it, it was going to be okay this is a chroma lens board and it comes with that and i was chatting to someone on instagram who was asking about you know can i use linoff wister boards which is kind of the most common um lens board just because they've been around for so long um a lot of large format cameras use those those boards um and it was chatting to him that i sort of started to think you know he's right that people who maybe already have a large format camera like yourself who you know you've already got a lens board you've already got a lens in it you don't want to have to be swapping your lenses between lens boards to use the chroma. So the idea then was, okay, I've, I've changed the shape of the front standard now to take a, a, a more common lens um, lens board. Uh, so it just drops in. So you can, you know, you can take the lens board out of your current camera and just drop it into the chroma instead. So you can switch it between cameras or you know, completely just stop using the old one, even better. Um, but um Things like that, and and you're right. You know, large format again. It, it because there are so many variables. I think it's easy to get kind of lost in the options. And like every step up in formats, what feels like a, a telephoto lens is actually quite wide. You know, myself and Rachel both got 90 mil lenses, and that's quite a wide lens on large format. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I've got 150 something like that. That's 180. So that's it. A 150, 180 is kind of your. Yeah, almost maybe 50 mil equivalent on a 35 mil camera. Yeah, well, so I'd like for when I go out doing street photography, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> looking, you could look in your tripod around so no one sees you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you've taped up the logo so no one spots you. <laughs> <laughs> True, like a. Um, so, yeah, so things like that, you're right. It, 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 I think it's a, it's a whole host of options, isn't it? And, and I think the good thing to do pick a lens, start with it, and then, you know, if you don't like it, get a different lens you know yeah. i think the, the, i think there's always a market for buying and selling lenses if you look on ebay and things there's, there's lenses will always be available and will always sell as well um i think with more and more large format cameras kind of becoming popular again or the idea of large format photography gaining ground again i think the lenses will always be available um 
you know, I, I certainly personally, I wouldn't, I probably won't have a selection of lenses. I might have one or two um, that I like. It's it's a different it's a different game, large format. It's you know, I've got five lenses sitting here that I use on digital, but that's easy. That's just swap and change as you go, and boring. Yeah, <laughs> um. <laughs> it's it's reassuring to hear that. I have to say, your choice to go with the the um the sort of the most or relatively the most commonly available lens board yeah. makes a lot of sense because again for a lot of people who might not have got into large format before the it, the easiest way is if you go into it going well i know that i can get the parts that need to go with this yeah. as easily as possible yeah um because like i mean that's the thing with with ronald um he's a, you know i think he's a 1960s plow bell i mean i'm not going to find another yeah. lens board for that no bloody way <laughs> no <laughs> you know? that's the thing isn't it like so you need to work with what, what you've got yeah um I'm also including a, a pinhole um, lens with the camera, so oh, awesome. part of the so you can kind of get out and shoot with it straight away. So um, I've it's a 0.4 mil pinhole lens, so it, it's set to be around 90 mil on the camera. So it's a nice wide angle pinhole, um, and you can just go out and shoot straight away. Then even if you haven't got another lens yet, awesome. Uh, so. So we really ought to talk about, you know, for now that we've made people really want to get a large format camera so they can be cool mm-hmm. like us. Um, <laughs> well, like me and, you know, you guys trying to be cool. Um, <laughs> but you, so as is the popular Vogue at the moment, you are going to be starting a Kickstarter for the club. Now, this is imminent, the Kickstarter? Um, yeah, the my intention is to start it before the end of the year now. Speaking to different people, it's kind of you get positive and negative with that of releasing before Christmas. Um, uh-huh. I'd love to know so. who's going positive with that at the moment. <laughs> Everyone who wants one. Because <laughs> then it's on their Christmas list. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so everyone who's already kind of itching to buy one wants me to to launch last week. Um, and then a few people have kind of said, mm, is that a good thing before Christmas? We're all, you know, we all have bills for Christmas with them. Photography is a whole different world, isn't it? You can always find money for photography, it's fine. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it it will be released um, imminently, like you say. It's after the beat test and the feedback from Rachel have made a few changes to the design. But I think um, what I, what I need to do now and what I want to do is get the campaign launched, um, and then I mean I've always been very open with the build and with the um, hurdles I've I've got over, if you like. So I'd, I'm intend to do the same in the campaign, be as open as possible with the the camera. Sure. So. Mm-hmm. Why a Kickstarter? Why what what is the, why do you want to do a Kickstarter? I think the main thing from the Kickstarter point of view is because I mean my this camera is different to a lot of other Kickstarter campaigns and, and photography as well. You know, generally um, in that I've got a camera that's ready to go. I'm not going to put a, a timeline that says you know we're going to do the Kickstarter campaign and then a month later I'm going to build the the test version and see if it works and then. 12 months later, I'm going to tell you, sorry, it didn't work, but I kept your money. Um, so the difference with me, the, the main reason for Kickstarter, I think for me personally, is that it's a, it's a really good platform to launch on. It, I like the the reach that it has. It's a, it's a global platform. And I think trying to launch something in this niche area, I need as much kind of marketing as possible. And I think Kickstarter's a good place to do that. Mm. Um does it worry you at all? Because, I mean, this year, the tail end of this year has been 
pretty bonkers for yeah. analog photography related crowdfunding projects and yeah. we're kind of coming to the end of the big push on that and yeah. as it's all settling down actually there's been more misses than hits mm -hmm. um silbera's just finished uh, they did an indiegogo campaign yeah. so as we discussed many times they get the money from that um regardless but nonetheless um although they did manage yeah. to clear 30 percent of their goal in the end which was you know better than it was looking but mm -hmm. it was still a long way short um the elba flex which we briefly mentioned a few weeks ago yeah. that after an initial um positive start failed to get anywhere close to mm. its funding um the um you know th there's been various projects so yeah. um is it a worry to you uh, putting it out there particularly as it's been so crowded lately yeah um i think it's a risk i think it always is i mean i'd say the difference i think with with the chroma over others is that and I've said in the, in the video I've recorded for it in that if somebody backs it, they will get the camera. There is no kind of will it will it will it work? Will it kind of do as what it promises? Um, I've already put the time and the, and the investment into building all the various kind of iterations to get to the stage where this is a this is a built camera ready to go. Um, you know, I think the other the other campaigns you mentioned then I've I've kind of been openly negative towards i guess on some of them i, I kind of feel like maybe maybe we should we should support everything where we can certainly mm. from a, an analog point of view i think that's that's a valid um a valid feeling that you know okay well it's a it, it's bigger than one single product it, it's it's rejuvenating film and it's a it's all positive but then you get products sort of a little like the, the yashica which was a yeah. We, we don't. Uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> don't let me bleep you out. You really, Graham has to bleep you out now. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, you know, there are other products which, um, like you say, some some haven't met the funding, some have. Um, it's good to see innovation. Um, I think I, I, I want to take the risk. I want to. I want to try it. Basically, I think it's it's one of these things. If you don't try, you never know. Um, I think from what you were saying um, before about the crowdfunding um, mm -hmm. side of things, it was that you didn't want there to be lots of sort of small little rewards it was like if yeah. you're buying this if you're backing this you're buying the camera and you're basically all you're doing is picking your colors <laughs> picking what you yeah. want it to be you know um yeah there, there will be some smaller rewards um but not um a lot of them um i've been chatting to mike padua from say shoot film co so he's I'm working with him on some some badges um i've got some handcrafted um uh, badges and things being made actually by my mum <laughs> so oh, she's awesome. going to be on it <laughs> she does um embroidery so there's going to be some embroidered chroma patches as well um which i i know i know people like and it's something unique so i, I did want to put some in there that are kind of smaller rewards not everybody wants to get into large format photography um but there are going to be kind of an early early edition cameras that are going to come in their own bags you know embroidered bags and custom engraving and things like that but on the whole yeah the the bulk of the rewards are basically going to be i, I want a chroma and this is my color <laughs> oh, will, will you have packages that people can buy to essentially just straight out the gate get them started or will it be a case of you're just selling the camera as it is at the moment with no lenses no anything like that it'll just be the camera basically the i think the uh, part of, for me personally part of the kind of the I'd say maybe appeal of large format is that hunting down the lens you you want to use or the you know the your you may already have 
like you say, you've already got a large format camera, so you can take the film holders from that and you can take the lens across from that. I think large format is a slightly different market to to all the mediums where I think people do combine parts. So I will basically be launching the camera, which will come with, as say, a pinhole plate and a, another lens board so you can you can put your lens into it and the ground glass holder. Um, so it'll be ready to shoot in that way, just as long as you you bring along your film holder, and you can you can go out and use it from day one with the pinhole. Uh, that does sound very cool. You've um, obviously been dealing with uh, such wonderful celebrities as Rach before now, and um, <laughs> I mean, you said that people can make these things. Um, or, or, you know, there's a huge variety of colours. Have you had anybody, um, if not ordering already, maybe insinuating that they'd like some really vile colour combinations? And are you going to draw the line anyway? He's going, no, sorry, good taste steps in here. Yeah, you can't ruin my name with that colour. Yeah. <laughs> um, to be honest with you, I think what I'll, I'll I haven't made a final decision on the colours, but I mean, I, I'm as I'm sitting here, I'm looking at three purple chromas, a blue one, and a grey one. So um, I've kind of done a little bit of variety. The I've from the bellows point of view, I'm making the bellows as well. They're they're laser cut as well. Um, so I've tested various materials. I've made probably ten or twelve sets of bellows, trying different materials out. So they've been multicoloured as well. Um, so I've had or- orange bellows and green bellows and silver bellows so i think i'll probably keep the bellows to black initially um and I, i'm planning on restricting the colors to maybe a choice of about 10 colors that are kind of just available acrylic just the 10 you know i don't want to go over the top you, you know? and lamography <laughs> can i get a paisley camera please and there's a chance well i have actually looked at skins as well but um, oh yes <laughs> that's something down the line as well i can uh, <laughs> you can really customize your camera that sounds uh, awesome. and that, that's what i like i like the having a bit of fun with it mm. you know i think I, I, again like i said earlier i love the mechanics of cameras and you know when you look at a, a, an existing large format camera you know your ebony's and things like that that the stunning piece of machinery the you know the handcrafted cameras and i think i would love to replicate that but you know i'm, I'm never going to replicate that for the, the the if you like the the market i'm aiming at so i think having a little bit of fun and making it unique in color i think is, is a is a better way around it for me no that's making something that's super usable Something that people yeah. can just, as well as you were saying, Rach, ch- you know, chuck in a bag and climb up a roof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'd want to, I think I'd be a little bit nervous carrying a, a £4,000 camera around and I think you would treat it with kid gloves and you'd only take it out on special occasions, you know, and make sure it's not going to rain. I think the idea of the Chroma is that it's a, it's an affordable camera that's light and you'll quite happily think, you know, right, I'll throw in the bag and I'll go and shoot a little bit large format today and that's what I want to do. I want to make it accessible, really. That does sound like a, a great goal to have with it all. So we don't know exactly yet when the Kickstarter will be kickstarting. Um, where <laughs> but you have he... the video ready to go. <laughs> the video is good to go. Yeah. The, yes. um, so you did this so with yes, Hamish, right? I did. Yeah. Hamish. Hamish came up and met me in Liverpool, and we we shot the video on over several locations because we kept getting moved on. <laughs> <laughs> Was that because Hamish looked like a vagrant and they were worried he was going to dust down for the night? Yeah, he kept laying down in his sleep bag. Yeah, he wouldn't let him stay. No. Um, <laughs> Fun enough, security don't like you filming on the other dock in Liverpool. So, <laughs> actually, Open Eye rescued us, didn't they? In the they end, did. So, they were brilliant. Yeah. 
they let us shoot outside their gallery in mm-hmm. Setter's great location. So uh, thanks for your contact there, Rachel. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> Try my best. <laughs> so where should people be keeping an eye out for to find out when the Kickstarter does begin? Um, Instagram is probably the best place. As I say, if you, if you give me a follow on there, it's at Everyday Photographics. Um, I'm posting updates on there. And I'm also kind of, I'm, I'm going to release the date on there as soon as I've got a a definite date it, it will be before the end of the year and do you have a website i do it's uh it's it's holding image at the moment but it's chroma.camera that's, oh, cool. the, the, that's the web address for it so again once i've got a launch date that'll be updated with the countdown and um some more details on there and example colors and things to get some more more info across um I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing this all kicking off, and I'm looking forward to seeing a whole hue of rainbow-colored chromas <laughs> scattering around the world. And I'm also really looking forward to seeing um, when Rachel starts getting some pictures taken with hers and seeing how they come out. Because um, I, I mean, there there is something there there is something about large format. I mean, like I said I, I have barely shot any, and yet every time I get that camera out, I mean, it's just it's a whole adventure. Just yeah. taking those pictures, whether it's one or two, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, and you know that's the kind of the, the blessing and the curse of it. It's that when you when you're doing something with large format, you're committing to doing something for a couple of hours. Yeah. So you can't <laughs> yeah. just jump in and jump out. But boy, those couple of hours are great fun. And um, that's it. The results are unlike anything else. And you know, if if you get a chance to try it out with somebody else's camera or whatever, you should and. I, and I do think that the ones where you have all the movements to play with are the most fun because you can really do some cool <laughs> stuff with that. So. Definitely, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Great. Well, we will take a quick break now. Um, you'll stay with us, won't you, Steve? We won't let you go. Yeah, of so course. Yeah, no, I won't yet. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back from the break, we will hear all the fun stuff Rachel's been doing, which mostly has been freezing up on top of a building in Birmingham <laughs> with large format cameras. Oh, we'll be back in just a minute. Do you need a gift for yourself or your film-obsessed loved one? Look no further than Shoot Film Co. You'll find a veritable cornucopia of accessories for the film-loving photographer. Embroidered patches, lapel pins, waterproof vinyl stickers, apparel, and the ever-popular photo memo notebook for film photographers. Visit Shoot Film Co. today for the finest in photographic utility and frivolity. And we're back from a very brief conversation, which I think has lasted longer than the first half of the show did off air. But that's all right. We were all talking about you, so we had to keep it quiet. Um, Rachel, <laughs> what have you been up to this week? Uh, I mean, mostly just freezing your bits off up on top of a roof, right? <laughs> I think that's pretty accurate, to be honest, yes. Um, I um, went to Birmingham for three days and I basically took along Steve's Chroma beta test version and my Ilford Obscura pinhole. And I've been busy creating some images for that artwork commission that I mentioned a few weeks ago. Um, I also decided that because I was taking along some unknown cameras and some unknown materials and some other everything unknown <laughs> that um it would probably be a good idea to uh, to make a little pop-up dark room on site so um i um, t- i what's the word i took over um the maintenance office which had no windows and was like okay if i can get somewhere with no windows hopefully that'll be um a good little sort of space for me to use turns out because it's a maintenance office it has the board with all of the, like the lights for the building <laughs> in it <laughs> so that was basically 
the first half of my first day challenge was trying to like cover up all the lights um because obviously red that was fine not a problem um but there were <laughs> there were a shed load of green lights which were just like oh. flashing on and off and all sorts of fun things um and they were how helpfully they were also mounted on a whiteboard underneath some perspex so it also reflected out wow. from underneath it as well so um it was quite some challenge I ended up um, making things out of tinfoil and obviously black electrical tape and some black card. And then I just I ended up sort of sticking my whole apron over it and then the changing bag. And so we ended up with about five or six different layers. And eventually I managed to get rid of the green light. Thank God. Um, so, yes, that was my pop up dark room. But uh, it did actually end up working quite well. So um, so I went along, uh, shot with shot with my different cameras. Um, I decided that because I'd seen on, I think it was on Amazon or something, um, that there was uh, some positive, direct positive hub and uh, direct positive paper um, for sale. I was like, oh, I'll take some of that along as well. Try that with the uh, making some paper negatives as my like test run and what have you. Um, what could possibly go wrong? Um, and uh, it turns out it's quite a different experience using the direct positive paper from the normal photographic uh, paper. Oh. Um, yeah, so I not realised quite how different it was. Um, ended up with um, several crumpled messes, <laughs> um, and the fact that I don't know if this is always the case, but um, the emulsion was on the paper. What seemed to me to be the wrong side of the paper, again, like against the bend of the paper, is how you would imagine you'd normally load it into the camera. Um, so uh, that obviously threw me off a bit and it meant that I had to do sort of like two or three different test runs to work out, make sure I was definitely loading it in the right way around. Um, so, yeah, so a few things put me back, um, including the fact that I hadn't realised that, um, you know, with it being a commercial building, it's been quite a long time since I've worked nine to five um you know, business hours, shall we say? Um, and so uh, suddenly it was like, oh well, it's uh, it's quarter past five. You're going to have to leave. <laughs> um, and there was me thinking, oh well, this will be fine. I'll shoot, you know, all day from sun up until we lose the light because we lose the light light about sort of half past three this time of year. Um, and then I'll process, you know, into the evening, and it'll all be sorted, and um, I can make some judgment calls based on what I shot on the first day, um, and then sort of start again really early on the second day um but no i had to be out out by uh sort of half five um that was a bit of a shock to the system so uh, i spent obviously most of the next day busy processing um once i got rid of all the green light um in uh, in the maintenance office uh so i got to about halfway through the second day and then thought ah okay so now i know what doesn't work but i've i've kind of run out of time to oh. to do a lot of the shooting that i'd hoped to do um because obviously i was up on the like 22nd floor like literally out on the roof exposed to the elements um and it being december <laughs> um <laughs> it was pretty chilly um so i had taken um along the sort of like heating pads and things and uh, and what have you to try and keep me warm um i was bundled up and uh, like i said before sort of slung the chroma in my bag and sort of um scaled scaled a couple of the like ladders on the side of the building um but half an hour outside with even with gloves on and my fingers were going you know they're sort of seizing oh. up 
um so it was uh, it was the cold weather really that that sort of hindered me a little bit with that um as well um so each kind of each exposure was sort of taking about half an hour by the time i'd loaded the camera and uh, or loaded it into the holders and then actually was hanging on to the the tripod and obviously trying to um check the the light meter and work out my exposure times and things and then make the exposure and then get it back into the changing bag and then unload it and then reload the next piece so that whole process was taking about half an hour or so per sort of like shot shall we say um and obviously in terms of doing the processing once i'd maybe shot four or five i was like right i'll go down and check that i've um you know check how they've come out but obviously that then took about half an hour to do the process because i was doing it as tray processing um uh, as well so that obviously took a bit a little bit longer um and i was just using like the id 11 and um uh, i did it at, like a one-to-one rather than a, a one to three mm. ratio because otherwise i'd have been in there for, like 20 minutes in developing before i'd even got into the stop and the fix um so yeah so because obviously I had a limited amount of chemicals as well, I had to kind of ration it out over the time that I was going to be there to work out to work out how long it was going to to sort of take and make sure I got enough that I didn't have to um, go and find more supplies um, somewhere randomly in, in Birmingham. Um, so yeah, so there were several challenges as part of as part of doing this, but it was really good fun um, in spite um all of that um it's not every day you get a chance to go and do that and see some beautiful sort of views of a skyline over the city and things so i did really enjoy it and i i think i've come out with about 12 or 15 um images that i'll hopefully be choosing from and then uh, on to the next stage so i'm going to be looking at making some cyanotypes from that and um maybe doing some scanning and and obviously in terms of the final pieces um they're going to be blown up you know sort of like several meters um like wide and high and what have you so yeah it it'll be fun to see what comes out of it at the end but um it was nothing if not a challenge and uh, and lots of fun so yeah so that's what i've been up to over my three days in birmingham it was uh, it was interesting interesting experience and uh, yes it was fully putting the uh, the chroma bless it on its beta test through its paces <laughs> It did not expect to be going up there and doing that, did it? <laughs> when he dropped it off the night before, I think we literally—it was like T minus two hours—and um, mm. the camera arrived, and uh, I was like, "Right, okay, <laughs> going to be getting in onto the train in you know yep. eight hours' time or something." Like so, uh, rice, wasn't it arriving at your door? It really was. It really <laughs> was. It was uh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it was good fun. Good fun. So that was mainly what I've been up to over the last week, um, and then. Uh, because obviously of the various things that put me back over the the first two days I ended up going back on a third day so I was also there on the Thursday um and was fully um looking forward to nice hot cups of tea and and working inside on, on Friday um so I was sort of recovering on Friday and then on Saturday I did a full day of cyanotype workshops in a school as part of their Christmas fair um so i was pretty shattered after that as well um and uh, and then today's monday so yeah um it's it's flown by the week that I've, I've been doing oh and my um my cosmo photo um uh has arrived so Stephen dowling who um runs cosmo photo that that arrived for me um uh, yesterday or today i think um and basically uh, I've got nine rolls of that now. Ooh, exciting! And I know that M had put out a uh, like an article, a five frames with article 
um, by Phil Harrison, which was looking at him shooting with that film. So I'm excited to hopefully get some of that tested at some point soon. Um, have you have you had any come through to you, Steve? I'm not sure if you've not got yet. I think order. it's due probably tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I'll come through, get that in one of my cameras. Yeah, and there's, um, there's some out in the wild as well, isn't there, Rach? Because I know um, I saw yes. a uh, tweet from um, Mike Padua, uh, uh, who previously mentioned Good Buddy at Shoot Film Co. <laughs> I think he's got some available out in the States. Yes, that's right. And um, I believe the second batch, when that comes out, that's going to be in January and that will actually be in stores. So yeah. um, Stephen's got, got, I think, 500 rolls for sale at the minute. They're only four quid. Four quid a go. That's very good. It's pretty good. I know, exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, you can get those. They're in stock online now. He's actually got them in his sticky paws and he'll be able to send them out to you, I'm sure. So uh, so that's kind of my news. Oh, um, one last bit of news is the Emulsive Secret Santa. I have been putting together the package for mine as we speak. So um, I noticed on Twitter today, I was uh, having a look on there, and there was a really nice little stop motion video um, from uh, somebody who is called Ad- Adib Mufti. <laughs> which is a-d-i-b-m-u-f-t-y um and uh yeah it put together a lovely little sort of like stop motion video of um uh one of those sort of drawing wooden models that you use like for people um i don't, and I don't know what you're talking about right you're so okay, Steve, like drawing wooden um, models for people okay what? so when when you do like uh when you would draw a portrait of somebody or like a, a still life or something uh, sorry a um uh, a life study of somebody mm-hmm. you have like the little wooden mannequin type models that you can use as sort of like a reference yeah. for like what a body looks like they hold their pose don't they so right. you can put them in yeah i choose in for animation so yeah 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 Steve knows what I'm talking about. I know, okay, talking about. I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> what you started off saying made no sense at all. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> made sense in my mind. I was making all the like, you know, motions and movements, which is great for a podcast, isn't it? <laughs> to try and explain explain what I meant. Anyway, so the little video was uh, was of this little wooden chap um uh packaging up um various bits of film and things. It was just a very sweet little video anyway. I enjoyed that. Um so yes, yeah, so I've been putting together mine as well, which is uh it's just lovely, isn't it? you know gathering all these bits and pieces together and putting them together and we'll send them off into the wild soon hopefully um how about you guys what have you been up to with yours have you have you made yours put them together sent them off um i'm starting i'm <laughs> planning on printing uh, a 3d printed version of the chroma to go oh. in with a kind of something unique a bit different oh. so uh, I'm, I'm in the final kind of drawing up phase of that of, of drawing that and then i'll print that and get that in the pack with it um the person i've been paired with seems to be a fan of instax so i think i'll be, be including a few references to that and <laughs> a few things with that that i can include so it is good it, it's kind of it's funny isn't it because you, you you're trying to put something together for someone you've never met and trying to get a feel i know some of the people are, are asking for you know lots of very outlandish pieces of kit for their wish lists <laughs> I was like, I like surprises, whatever. Yeah, yeah that's it. You can like that. I'm like, whatever you think, just just stick it in a box. I actually had a, a message come through from from mine saying, um, "Can you can you let me know what your Instagram is because I need to know a bit more about the sort of thing that you'd like." So I was like, "Yeah, sure, cool." Um, how about you, Graham? <clears throat> uh yeah, I'm definitely starting to think about getting there. Um, uh, 
uh, yeah, I, I have actually um, ordered. Are we some... paired? Are you paired with me? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, because you've already cleaned me out of all my stuff with your goddamn birthday <laughs> going off to Italy. I've sent. So the yeah, 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 whoever I'm paired with this year, just know that I'm afraid Rachel has already raided that thing. <laughs> um, but no, I'm I'm waiting uh, um, for some film to turn up to put in mine. Cause the, the, my the person I'm sending to did ask for one particular kind of film, so I have actually ordered some of that. So I'm waiting for that to come in, uh, and then I've probably got. A couple of other bits <laughs> whatever you can find put in the box yeah here. <laughs> i mean yeah for the for the lucky lucky recipient who's definitely going to deserve what they get um from me um obviously we can't say who it's going to or anything like that but uh yeah i, I went for my huh, that person <laughs> so uh, uh, mm, excellent. So um, but no, Rach, it's not you. I'm afraid. Ah, so, uh, yeah. I actually, I realised I, I picked something up for mine in the station in Birmingham as I was on my way back, frozen. Um, to on my way back after my third day, I was um wandering around the shops trying to keep warm, and uh, and I saw something. And I thought, oh, that'll be perfect for my immersive secret Santa. So. Yeah. yeah, people have been making an awful lot of effort uh, with it. Um, uh, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's some people. <laughs> some people do seem to go quite bonkers over this, and um, which is wonderful. But after I'm looking at someone going, boy, <laughs> some people, <laughs> some people have uh, fewer children than I do at Christmas time. Perhaps um, that might be the reason why. Um, but no, it's it's awesome. And yes, uh, I did think that maybe the way I could bulk out my package would be to include Hamish's um, M3 in there. I thought, could I send that off to somebody's <laughs> secret? <laughs> he he definitely gave me the impression that he was not keen on me doing that. So uh, I was wondering if you still had that actually, or if it's gone off to where it was supposed to have gone off to about two weeks ago. It was not two weeks ago. It's literally just shutting you. <laughs> I, I, I am going to post it this week. Although I was thinking, Rach, about asking Hamish to save it to bring it down for you to have a look at and have a play with. But I guess you don't want me to now. So. <gasps> oh yeah. Okay, well, I'll ask Hamish if I can hang on to okay. it till Friday, and because um, uh, I'm going to be meeting up with you guys then, or just with you, Rach, because uh, AIDS bailed yeah. on us. So. Well, he's had to go to a different continent. <laughs> he's, in, he's in a different country entirely, isn't he? Yeah. Over in Canada. No. But yeah, so actually, yes, that's, God, that's going to be this Friday, isn't it? That'll be the day after this goes out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll meet in person for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> that'll ruin everything. Nah, you'll yeah. Really... <laughs> 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 okay, shall we move on to the next thing, Rach? Because I'm sure that this is yes. what everyone's been waiting for hearing about. We've got more news on the Sunnies. Um, we talked about it last week that we're going to do this, and I'm afraid we're still going to do this. And so um, we, uh, the trio hero, um, have been discussing what we should have as categories because we ha- did have some suggestions for categories, um, mm-hmm. which will come up in the emails later on. Um, I, I, I'm not going to say that they were all terrible suggestions. I'm going to leave that to you know just be insinuated by their absence from this collection. Um, so we've come up with what's going to be the categories for this year. We've stuck with five because that we didn't want to have too many, and also we struggled to think of five. So here's the rundown of what the categories are going to be for this year's Sunnies Awards. Uh, the first one is Best New Released Product. 2017 um now this is obviously clearly distinct from uh just new products announced because um there have been a lot of things uh, hit kickstarter this year and some of them have appeared and some of them haven't but this is going to be specifically for things that have been available to buy or at least have if they work kickstarters originally have been sent out to people this year so um 
We've had things like um, Berger's new film, Berger. Um, we have had the, well, as you were just saying, Rach, Cosmo photo film has mm-hmm. got in just before the lock. Um, what else has there been? Help me out here, guys. Double film. The double film. Uh, did we clarify that that's definitely out and available now? Steve? Yeah, that's out. Oh, yep. st- okay. Oh, you, are, you, are you responsible for the double film? No, Steve? no. <laughs> I, I, I know uh, Adam, who's released it, so it okay. is available through their shop. Cool, cool. Um, the Ferrania, what what film was it? The F... Oh, I can't remember what that's called now. The P30? One that- no. Yes, yeah, no, you're right. The P30, yeah, that's it. And um, the Ferrania P30, that would count because um, although it hasn't been top one general release, that was out there this year and people have had a chance to shoot it. Um, I'm sure there uh, have been... How about- how about Sam's um, solar cam? Was that? Yeah. That was yeah, this year. Absolutely. The solar cam would definitely count. Um, oh, I'm sure there are other things as well, which I am completely blanking on. Um, you know, I know Hamish has had some new lenses out this year, hasn't he, for likes mm-hmm. and stuff like that? He's had his, um, I want to say Seven Assassins, but that's not right. It's the <laughs> seven Artisans. Seven Artisans, <laughs> yeah. Assassins. <laughs> That's his range of knives he's got coming next year. Um, <laughs> they've come out. So I, I, I'm sure there are things that our listeners are already screaming uh, at us. Um, there's a few things that haven't quite made it. Uh, it doesn't look as though the Jolly Look Cam's going to hit before Christmas, does it, Rach? I was going to say I was going to say that, and I was like, oh, I'm so <laughs> sad that that's not quite come out, but never mind. Ah, uh, well, you know, that'd be nice for next year. That's yeah. <laughs> I will cope without that cardboard box for a few more days. Um <laughs> Could yes. the Instax wide monochrome that I am so in love with class? Yeah, absolutely it can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely it can. Okay. Um, as can the SQ, whatever that thing is, the square Instax it thing. If any, nobody's going to It's not that. here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, but other than that, yeah, we haven't had any other new, um, unlike last year, we had things like the all the new Instax cameras and the, the Leica Instax and all that. There has, I mean, Lomography's had a few new they've actually come out this year haven't they the the lomo stuff have they yeah the automat wasn't it they brought out yeah Yeah. has it actually landed yet it was due to before christmas wasn't it i don't know if it has yet i think so i've seen people sharing photos from it yeah the automat's around i've just thought of one that we forgot about Mm. the polaroid the polaroid (gasps) um one step one step two step um particularly under there um that's come out so yeah there's been some cool stuff that has actually arrived this year uh, the next category is the Pillar of the Community Award. Um, so this is basically your chance to vote on uh, the... It can be a person, it can be a website, it can be a podcast. We're recusing ourselves from this. Obviously, you can't vote for us. <laughs> Not that I'm sure anybody would want to, but the... the um, Entity. It's sort of like anybody who's sort of championing that sort of area, I think. Exactly. Yeah, so, it, you know, it could be that pillock of the community, M over at Emulsive, or the other um, <laughs> <laughs> pillock of the community, uh, uh, Hamish over at 35 MMC. It, it could be um, one of the awesome podcasts that are out there, like um, John Wilkening's Creative Bar, or the Analog Talk podcast, or Against the Grain, or, of course, the mighty FPP. Um, it could be Mike Padua over at Film Co. Uh, it could be a blog that you found that's um, really cool. There's some really awesome film blogs out there. Uh, it could be um, Killian, who we had on last week with his amazing mm-hmm. Let's Explore magazine. There's so many people out there who really are um, being great ambassadors for this hobby that we love. So this is your chance to vote on your favourite, whoever you think's out there doing best. The thing is, all those people are out there doing 
awesome stuff. Um, but you know, let's pick, let's lift somebody above and think who who deserves it this year. Oh, that's why we're not making that choice. Uh, the next one is something that we will choose. This is not going to be something that's voted on. This will be something that we get a panel of experts to choose. And that is the Every Day I Learn Something New Award. Now, what this is, um, it's pretty obvious from the title. I'm sure you're already ahead of me here. But what we would like is for you, dear listener, to get in touch and let us know something new that you have learnt this year that has been meaningful to you. Um, preferably photography related, but you know, I'm easy. <laughs> <laughs> we do not need to be told not to eat yellow snow, though. That we're already good for. Um, so yeah, something new that you've learnt this year that has maybe changed the way you photograph or just changed the way you think about the hobby. Maybe it's a technique thing. Uh, maybe it's all that wonderful information that Rachel gave us on cyanotypes, like don't drink the cyanotype liquid. Um, it could be something <laughs> like that. Um, but yes, so we'll get in touch with those and we will like I said, we'll make it clear how to get in touch with us about all this stuff at the end, um, once I've definitely figured that out by the end of this sentence. Um, and then we will get, a, as I said, a panel of experts, a, a wonderful peer to choose uh, the favourite one of those for this year. Uh, the fourth category is Film of the Year 2017. So this is the only returning category from last year. Uh, last year, it was won by Ilford with HP5+. Plus. Uh, but who will it be this year? There have been many new contenders. Um, and also there's more people listening now than there were last year. So uh, maybe that will swing the tide. We've also seen some um, serious campaigning uh, on Twitter, on Instagram for things like the FP4 party and the Delta dustbin or whatever it is those guys think. What's it called? Delta Def Jam. That's not Delta dustbin. Apologies. Um, so, you know, maybe if you've been taking part in those, you've been swayed over to something different. Maybe if there's more uh, of our American listeners who are going to be fighting the Kodak fight this year. Um, so, yeah, let's see. Is it going to be something new or is it going to be some other old favourite? Or can Ilford retain it with HP5 Plus? It's very exciting. And finally... <laughs> Finally, because it wouldn't be the Sunnies without some Saki Award towards the end. It's the <laughs> He's Not With Me Award for 2017. Um, this is the award. Now, we, we've seen a, a lot of things uh, analogue related this year and some very tangentially analogue related um, that have come up. And this award is for the thing which has maybe appeared within the conversation, within the analogue community, which you think you least want to be associated with? Which one do we most want to distance <laughs> ourselves from? Um, now, we've been trying to give examples of things that could be talked about with this, I suppose, and, and I do not want to preload this vote, but as an example of a thing that could fit into this, maybe the Yashica, uh why, whatever that was, <laughs> why bother? Um, that, that kind of thing. It doesn't have to be that. But that might be quite a good idea of a contender. So it's the kind of it's something which um, has been associated with analog photography that maybe we wish had not been in any way, shape, or form. So there we go. That's our five categories for this year. I think we'll agree they're all very, very good categories, and we're all very excited about them. Just um, give us a rundown of them again, Graham. <laughs> okay. So that's best new product released in 2017, the Pillar of the Community Award, the Everyday I Learn Something New Award, Film of the Year, and He's Not With Me Award. Uh, it all makes perfect sense. Um, <laughs> what we will do is we will be putting posts up 
Uh, we, um, all of us across the various social media, Rachel, I hope you're listening now, um, we'll, be putting, <laughs> we'll be putting posts up, individual posts up for each of these things um, on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook uh, over the next few weeks, next two, three weeks um, for you to put comments on there and vote for what you want. You can also email us. It's a bit scrappy. Um, we haven't found a better way of doing this yet, but this is how we did it last year. And then we just kind of collate everybody's feedback. So if you have feelings on these things, keep an eye on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook uh, and look for each individual one, come up and then comment on that. And if you don't use that, please do email us with um, your feelings. You can just send us an email, your market sunnies2017, and put your votes in for each one. And then we will collate them all at the end and have a wonderful, glitzy, glamorous show at the end of the year. Um, it's very exciting. This will be your first one, Rach. Uh, I, I, I hope you've got a fancy ball gown ready to wear. Can't wait. Yeah. I'm borrowing one from you, aren't I? Oh, yes. You, you, you can have the one I wore last year. It's in very yeah. good condition. Um, Bring it along on Friday. Yeah, yeah. No, Excellent. I think I think it'll uh, suit you very well. It was very glamorous. I still can find the hat I wore with it. It was it, the whole look was wonderful. If only I got pictures. But there you go. There you go. Um, so yes, that's so, that. Sorry, Rach, what were you going to say? I was just going to say. So that's the sunnies. And what was the other piece of news from you this week, Graham? Oh yeah, this was just something. Uh, this fits in quite well because we're about to go to emails. We'll go to emails after the break. But before we do, um, it was brought to my attention this evening, just before we got on. Um, Jason Champney dropped me a line through Instagram because that's another way you can try and get hold of me. Um, no, you can get hold of me. <laughs> Send me a message through Instagram, and I will see that. I promise. Um, and he was letting me know that they, he's just bought a Rolleiflex 3.5, which is very nice. I, I, I'm quite envious of that. I would quite like to have a muck around with those. But he also got within that some Ilford plates. Now, this is not a thing that I had ever heard of before. Uh, and what these are are glass plates that Ilford used to sell. Um, apparently, they are about six by nine, and they came with another back for the um, Rolleiflex. And um, Jason was wondering whether he should give them a go, try shooting them. Um, have either of you guys had any experience with glass plate negs at all? It's maybe more you, Rachel, than me. <laughs> Um, only as far as the um, wet plate on my um, camera from 1900, but that's not not nothing on like a roller flex or a roller cord or anything like that. I've I've never used anything like that. I did uh, just before we started recording. Um, I realised I do have some uh, kind of like dry plates, but these are made by the Imperial Dry Plate Company Limited from Crinklewood in London. <laughs> um, and they look extremely, extremely old. They have already been exposed. They've been shot. Um, but they are basically s small, similar size, like six by nine type size uh, glass plates. So maybe Ilford made some and maybe the Imperial Dry Plate Company also made some. Maybe that was the, the idea. Um and uh, and yeah, they're they're basically um, negatives on on glass, so they do sound very similar, actually. Yeah. I'm not sure when when Ilford made them. I don't know if you'd had chance to have a little look and do a bit of research, Graham, or not. Yeah, I had a quick look into it, and it looks as though that for general consumption, Ilford was making them up until 1975. So. At the very no. least, these are as old as I am. Um, yeah. Hopefully, they have weathered the years better than I have. Um, but either way, they're definitely going to need some compensation for if you do try and shoot them and develop mm. them. Um, 
as far as developing goes, I think you can just develop them in I think the um, blog. I'm on a blog at the moment uh, called um, just photo-analog.blogspot.co.uk because um, there's a really good article where somebody is trying some of these out. And um, I think he just is developing them, doing stand development in good old Rodinal and has got some usable results out of them. Um, so I definitely think it's worth having a go at doing um, because why wouldn't you? And it's really interesting. He's the thing that he comments on within the article is that um, this, there's just something unique about having these glass negatives because it's a bit like with an instant photo, just having that singular mm-hmm. physical thing there. Mm. There's something a bit magical about it. Oh yeah, they're lovely. They're lovely, like actually, actually, as sort of like pieces, you know, object mm. art sort of things that are actually, you know, um, something you can hold in your hands. The physical tangibleness of that is it's different again from a print you know yeah speaking of instance something i've seen as well with that with if the the rolly claim came in the back as well for those plates i've seen people put single instax mini um film into the oh. instead of the glass plate to expose the mini um instant film and oh. then obviously in the dark bag take it out yeah. and put it into an instax camera um to process it that's um, a cool idea. I did see a few people doing that when I was building my mini back for the TLR. Um, hmm. That's something, again, if he's not going to use the glass plates because they, they may be too far gone, you could possibly use the back instead. There you go. That, that's a, yeah. Well, at least it's not going to be without any use. Um, but I definitely no. think you should give it a go, Jace. It's, um, you've got nothing to lose, really. And uh, you might get something quite fun out of it. When you Absolutely. did the, the, the mm. um, wet plate stuff, Rachel, so are you... Well, this is a real dumb question because I've literally just answered it in the questions I answered. <laughs> with wet plate, you're obviously coating them yourself there and then, aren't you? That's right, yeah. So um, with the wet plate, um, it'll, it'll actually only work if you put your collodion on as wet, then you have to make the exposure whilst it's still wet and you develop it whilst it's still wet. Otherwise, it, it basically is, is useless. So um, especially if you're on like a very hot day um, and things like that, that's another reason why those chemicals very specifically have to be in the fridge because you'll end up with something called creping where um, it, you kind of get sort of diagonal lines across it when when you're actually coating it with the collodion. I think I showed you, didn't I, Steve, when you came yeah. around uh, gave you the um, the wet plate back. There's my learn something uh, new. To, there you go. To, yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, to uh, to go and look, and and you actually were like, oh, I like I like those lines, and I actually really like them as an effect mm. as well. But um, it's kind of not supposed to be there, if you like. So a yeah. happy accident for me. Um, but yeah, that was because they were they were quite warm and they were drying very quickly. So you had to be extremely quick in coating it, getting it out there, getting it loaded up, make the exposure, get it back in the dark room, and do your developing whilst it's still wet. Um, I've never had a go with dry plates, so I don't know the difference in terms of the process um or or what the restrictions are with with that but um in terms of wet plate and using the collodion and what have you you can you can i was just going to say you know with this back that he's got i you could you could always have a go you could have a go on tin you could have a go with on glass and if you've got some of the collodion chemical and and what have you got got your chemicals there ready there's no reason why maybe you couldn't try that as well i guess you know um you can basically cut glass to whatever size you need or you know get tin ordered in whatever size you need and and you can kind of convert other you know old like enzyme full views or brownie cameras or whatever and basically put that in the back and and shoot that as wet plate but miniature you know so maybe that's something else so he could use 
potentially give it a go with the ones that are there if they've not already been exposed why, like you said Graham why wouldn't you you might as well give it a, give it a whirl um, but then with the Instax Mini and maybe you know try try yourself getting some glass cut and, and having a go at a bit of that as well sounds like there's lots of options there you go Jace you've, you've been given some uh, good advice there by Rachel <laughs> if you don't have any success with just trying these things out then just start cutting glass and coating yourself and doing wet plate which I'm sure will be yeah. more, much, much I would love to have a go at wet plate photography at some point I just, <laughs> just the, the, the end product looks just so magical um, uh, yeah you'll have to teach me how to do it Rachel because you're an expert in that yeah. now aren't you no, no. <laughs> hopefully at some point we will be getting the expert on uh, to discuss that so uh, so keep keep your ears peeled for it (laughs) (laughs) good thank you thank you we will take another quick break now and then we've got some awesome emails to get through uh so yeah that after this emails okay we've got a great bumper bag full of emails this week so rach do you want to kick it off with one from jordana uh yeah sure um jordana says hi guys i hope you're all well catching up on my podcasts at the moment and just listened to episode 75 toby's idea of a zine for the podcast sounds awesome i've been wanting to make a zine for a while now but i have no idea how to go about the actual production i'm eagerly awaiting more zine themed videos from nicky mayo uh, sorry from nick mayo um there's bound to be people within the podcast community that can lend their knowledge come on people so it was a call to action, I think, from Jordana. It was. <laughs> now, Rach, you've been in some conversation about this, which I've I've been less so in. I went, well, I'll leave this to you, more comfortable people. What is happening? Is there any news on the zine front? Um, just that we've been in discussion with Barnaby Nutt, and it sounds like there's been a few other people that this is also inspired. So really, really nice to know that more people are going to be putting their work out there. Um, Yes, we have been chatting to Barnaby about how to go about doing that. We've got some more details on the production and um, Aid and I were in discussion with him over that. So there will be some more news um, probably when Aid gets back from Canada. I think we'll have to wait until he's back. Yeah. But I think it's safe to say, I think we are going to be It will looking, happen. It will yeah, happen. It and will. we are going to be looking for community submissions. Um, mm-hmm. And I think probably looking to do something in the new year at this point, aren't we, Rach? Early new yeah. year. Um, yeah. And Because we've got things like the Sunnies and all these lovely interviews with lovely guests and things. And it's all got a bit too packed. So um, it's probably going to be the new year. But yes, definitely. Yeah. So happen. keep keeping the ear out. And um, yes, because we will be looking for you guys to submit stuff. Um, next email is from new emailer, Joe Faherty. Faherty? Oh, sorry, Joe. Um, heard you on... T-F-T-T-F. Tips from the top floor. Mm, doesn't ring a bell. Uh, then looked you up and found a great podcast. Are you sure you looked us up? Um, especially <laughs> love the fact that you all like Bronicas. I have an ETRS and an S2 uh, and started listening to the back catalogue at one and going slowly through them all. Ooh, <laughs> people you shouldn't do that. Skip to the ones, at least skip to the ones where Rachel joins us. At least from there on we have that, so help us out. Um <laughs> Keep up the great work. Also like your accents and the English idioms. I think he spelled idiots wrong. Yeah, I think he did as well. <laughs> Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, Thanks, thank you for Joe. checking us out. Um, I, I would love an S2. I, I've always fancied having one of those. They are, I got to muck mm. around with somebody else's once. They're really nice, compact, little medium format cameras. Um, one day, probably not. Okay, Rich. Next one is yes. from our good buddy, Andrew Bartram. 
That's right. He says, hello, Sunbeams. Listen to your latest pod. Uh, sorry, listen to your latest episode and really enjoyed hearing from Killian. Uh, what a lovely and generous man. Stopped off on the motorway on my way home from a few days in the northwest where I met the equally lovely Stig for beer and curry in Chester, by the way. Um, to Oh, sorry. Hang on. <laughs> um, from a few days in the northwest to buy a copy of issue one. Hang on. Oh, I'm going to start that again because I was very confused as to what was going on. Worry, what Rich. did I say before we started? I'll I said, I've not read these through yet. I need to read this. I'll, I'll definitely edit this out. Carry on. Yes, I'm sure you will. <clears throat> All right, I'll try. I'm going to start from the top. Listen to your latest episode and really enjoyed hearing from Killian. What a lovely and generous man. Stopped off on the motorway on my way home from a few days in the Northwest where I met the equally lovely Stig for a beer and curry in Chester, by the way, to buy a copy of issue one. Sunny 16 discount code worked okay and no shipping costs. Hooray! So for 14.80 delivered, it seems like a bit of a bargain to me. And I think actually that's what you you and Aid were both saying last week, isn't it, Graham? Because um, he's uh, he's been very good at giving us that discount code as well, and uh, means that you're basically getting like a lovely coffee table kind of book, softback book, aren't you? Uh, for for that, so. Uh, yeah lovely anyway um andrew goes on to say really looking forward to wrapping it up and giving it as a christmas present to me from our dog (laughs) um no one in our household gets a present from our dog she must really love me (laughs) and they always seem to be photo related does anybody else get presents from themselves or their dog (laughs) graham I mean, I don't have a dog, which is a hindrance. No, you were talking about getting yourself a Christmas present, though, weren't you? Well, that's true. Yeah, I I, I was. Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, following on again from last week's conversation with um, Killian, uh, and I mentioned a couple of times how enamoured I was with the work of Gillian Highland. Um, I did did drop uh, Gillian an email after saying, I know I missed this Kickstarter, but is there any way that I could buy this book when it comes out? And um, yeah, that looks like I might be able to. So that might be my Christmas present to me because I really love her work. (laughs) Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, I had actually come across her work at an earlier point and hadn't realised that it was that particular artist. So it was really nice when I saw you put the link in the show notes and checked it. It was like, oh yeah, of course, Gillian's work. It's beautiful. Really, really um distinctive really beautiful style and very distinctive so um i uh, i think that's definitely something that will probably be going on my christmas list too um he uh, sorry andrew goes back uh, on to say to link themes maybe a category in the sun is could be the best photographic present you have received from your dog <laughs> um you'll notice andrew that that one didn't get, make the cut i've um in what graham was uh, just reading that before but i think that's a, an excellent um an excellent idea um Funnily enough, when I got my film through the post uh, yesterday from uh, from Cosmo Photo, um, the dog thought it was food for her. Uh, my dog thought it was food for her. And I had to literally open it up and prove to her that it wasn't food. And I just have now a photo of her looking very, very disappointed <laughs> in the fact that it's actually film and not dog food. Um, how about you, Steve? Have you ever had a present from yourself to yourself or from your dog? <laughs> um, well, my dog doesn't really buy me a lot of presents. She needs oh. to learn, I think, alonely. Um, I haven't actually. Do you know what? Maybe that's I'm missing a trick there. Yeah. I've got I've got a dog and two tortoises and fish. One of them should buy me something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the tortoises hibernate at the moment, so I don't think they can get out to the shops. <laughs> online? Have they not heard of online? I know. I'll, I'll put a computer in the fridge with them. <laughs> Very good. They're in the fridge. Yeah, that's where the hybrid film. Is it like next to you filming your chemicals? You've got tortoises. No, they're in the garage. It's not. It's a specific tortoise fridge. It's good. It's just their own. 
You've got your film right, so this, fridge, this your tortoise in fridge. The, the new the new category. What was our what was our fifth our fourth category? Oh the third one. The everyday I learned some the new awards. There we yeah. go. Tortoise fridges. Tortoise hibernating in a fridge. Yeah. There you go. Was it tortoise? If it's yeah, two. multiple. We have Theo and Otto. There what about go. your dog? Do you hibernate your dog in the fridge? He doesn't go in the fridge. No, <laughs> she she sticks have, to the sofa. Have you tried? <laughs> she wouldn't stay. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, okay, so Andrew, we've not finished yet. Andrew says, um, so good to hear about the return of nose grease on the show. Uh, perhaps you all now believe me as you have had another independent co- confirmation that this is a proven technique to minimise scratches on negatives. Maybe, and humour me here, another category <sighs> um, could be most useful body part fluid in the photographic process. Oh, God, no. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm, I'm calling that right now. Let's not go there. Um, Graham, surely you will back this idea. I can see why he thinks that. Not sure about the more sensible sunbeams. Thank you. I'm glad to know that at least Andrew realises that I'm not going to back that in any way, shape or form. So, yeah. Oh, and he says Miss Rachel this week. Oh, thank you. I mean, it does sound completely ridiculous, but I think we I may have mentioned in the past seeing photographs where people have done some film souping with other yep. body fluids. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> But no, I think, you know, probably best not. I, actually, there was a comment uh, from somebody on the photo that I'd put um, from my three days away, uh, which... They were basically talking about the stop bath, but they were like, "God, that's very yellow." Is are you are you <sighs> developing with pee there? <laughs> I was like, it's "Definitely <laughs> not. Uh, it's just very yellow stop bath." <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, made me laugh. Um, anyway, so he says, "Miss Rachel, this week, great show. Thank you very much, Andrew. That's lovely to hear from you again." Um, do you want to take the next one for us, Greg? Yeah, will do. So the next one is from Zach Ribbing. We haven't heard from Zach from whilst. So that's great. Zach says. Well, hello, Sunbeams. It's been a while since I wrote, but I've been keeping up with the shows. I particularly loved the show with Isabel a couple of weeks ago. Yep, as did we. She really captured her feelings of what makes photography so peaceful. I feel very similar and will likely listen to the first part of that show again. Great work, Isabel, and great words. In other words, in other news, I always chuckle when you guys are laughing about how many ways you cannot take a photo with a Bronica. <laughs> Well, I have always understood that with mine, but have always been aware of taking the right steps to get a photo. That is, until last week, a royal screw-up. Yay, I love screw-up stories. (laughs) I just got home from a fun trip to a friend's ranch and was really excited about two photos I took on my GS1. When I pulled out the roll of film from my film rack, I noticed the sticky tab was facing the wrong direction. Oh, no. Realising quickly that I had loaded the film backwards <laughs> basically the paper side of the film was facing out so not one photo could have been captured Ugh. <laughs> oh dear best pictures you never see yeah the ones that got away that's the way it yep. goes well lesson learned i will definitely pay more attention when i'm loading film in a hurry thought you would enjoy that all the best zach Zach, I really did. Oh, but, oh Zach, I feel you. I do. Yeah, yeah. we've all done yeah. stupid things like that. Yeah, these things happen, though, don't they? You yeah. Know, it's, I mean, it's, it's the one big advantage of the fact that most of us are just shooting for fun. Um, and it's, you know, that's why nobody in their right mind would take a load of unfamiliar gear and medium up to the top of a very cold <laughs> roof for a paid job. <laughs> Brewster. 
<laughs> but yeah, we, 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 I, I mean, I know I've certainly not the same thing exactly, but I know I, I got to the end of a roll of 35 millimeter and realized that the film had never taken in the first place and I'd shot all 36 <laughs> frames on nothing there. Uh, have either of you guys ever had a complete fail? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've loaded large format the wrong way around and wondered why there was really not a lot of contrast on the image. <laughs> um, I I bought a um, giant yellow camera to use for the cheap shots challenge <laughs> and <laughs> and it did not go well. So yeah, nothing came out of that yeah. um, at all. But you know, I, just in reference to what we were saying before about me being stupid and taking unfamiliar kit up to the top of that, you know, there is a saying which is well-behaved women rarely make history and I'm at the cutting edge. This is the idea. <laughs> That's my defence and I am sticking to it. <laughs> That's very true. That's very... I think the worst one I ever had of those or the most galling one I ever had was when I um, developed two rolls of film that I quite wanted in dead developer and then fixed them and then wiped all the pictures off them. That was probably the most upsetting. Yeah. I, I, Does developer not yeah. smell weird though? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was bright dark orange. <laughs> I organised a, uh, a group buy of um, JCH Street Pan when that was first released in 35mm. Mm-hmm. So I, I did all the organising, got all the money in, got all the film. I, I had one roll of film, shot it, and then screwed up the development. Oh. <laughs> so I've never seen my results from Street Pan. So. <laughs> Easy <laughs> that go. was annoying. Easy go. <laughs> yep. Uh, Rach, do you want to take this next one from Mike Gutterman? <laughs> Yes, and Mike says, hello, Sunbeams. I've been listening to Chris Marquardt's Tips from the Top Floor podcast for about as long as I've been following you guys. Oh, that's nice. Um, it was interesting to see who, it, <laughs> it was interesting to see the two collide. Crossover episode. Is that what they call it? <laughs> yeah. what, is that right, Graham? Yeah. Um, in the latest Tips from the Top Floor, Chris mentions the Sunny 16 podcast and names the hosts. He named Aid, Rachel, but could not remember Graham's name. What? Could this be a conspiracy? Oh, my God. <laughs> now, the Aid is big timing. It is big timing, you guys. I think that's meant to be two timing. <laughs> um, but the Aid is two timing, you guys, and doing another podcast. Can I start that one again? Oh, God, no. <laughs> could this be a conspiracy? Now, the Aid is big timing, you guys, and doing another podcast with Chris. Was it an evil plan not to give Graham the brightest sunbeam oh, <laughs> recognition on the longest running po- photo podcast on the planet? By brightest sunbeam, I mean the one that is most likely to give you a horrible sunbeam. <laughs> Sunburn, of course. <clears throat> I suppose I will listen to AIDS' new podcast, even though it seems we may be losing him to the dark side of digital technology, computational imaging space boxes. Blumenek. <laughs> he didn't write Blumenek. That was just me. Um <laughs> Take care, says Mike Gutterman. Um, yeah, so there we go. Hooray! What? Yeah, I mean, Aid's not here to defend this, but what the actual f***? I cannot believe that on Tips from the Top Floor, as Mike mentioned, the longest-running photography podcast, uh, name checks Aid, name checks you, and forgets me. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I would be more angry, but I'm saving it. Why am I saving it? Because Chris Marquardt is apparently going to be on this show next week. I'm going to f***ing tell him what's going on. Oh, <laughs> there will be a reckoning. There will be a reckoning. <sighs> also, I really appreciate that uh, Mike called me the brightest sunbeam. Even if he did then wind it back by saying it's just because of the <laughs> causing horrible sunburn. But um, yeah. thank you. Thank you very much, Mike. Um, 
Next one's a nice quick one from Neil Piper uh, with regards to Sunny 16, Sunny's categories. How about Sunny 16 podcast guest of the year? There can only be one winner, really. Well, for one thing, we could never pick our favourite because uh, all of our uh, guests are, are just... Well, I'm not sure about this one yet, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> I'll listen back and edit and we'll come to conclusion. Um, but no, we, we we could never pick a favourite because our guests this year have actually all been properly awesome. I cannot believe what cool people we've had on the show this year. Um, although I am intrigued, Neil, uh, as to which one is the clear and obvious winner Um I would like to hear you. You have to get in touch with Mindy Allen. You can let me know who you think your winner would be for that one. Um, so thank you very much. Um, okay. Um, as that one was a short one, Rachel, I'm going to take the next one. Uh, yeah. I'm going to leave you with Toby's. So the next one is from Ed Worthington. Salutation, Sunbeams. I'm back from my Italian trip, but still listening while stuck on the train. This time to work, unfortunately. Was great hearing Killian on the podcast last week. Always nice to actually hear the voice of someone you talk to on Twitter. I bought a copy of Let's explore six months or so ago and it's featured prominently on the coffee table ever since it's barely a magazine and more like a hefty quality art book uh, i hope you guys have posted off your emulsive secret santa packages by the time you read this out i know i have from Ooh. ed worthington the six million p man uh thank you very much ed uh, no none of us have we're not that organized <laughs> but we are all taking steps we're working on it we're working on it and um rach will you take this last um morose missive from toby van der Velde. i shall i shall toby says dear bim bims <laughs> i'm afraid it's fatal all my paper is fogged all my chems are exhausted i've managed six or eight half decent ceramic pinhole images working with my out-of-date stuff the gray results i've been get i've been consistently achieving recently are, are signaling the end now i'm praying that satan claws might bring me some fresh consumables Either that or I'm going to have to shell out for it myself. But at this rate, I'm going to be having to shoot another roll through that M4P that Hamish sent me. It's been very nice so far. I knew I wanted to own one of my own as soon as I held its brass little body in my trembling hands. <laughs> All right, Toby. <laughs> um, how is Graham getting on with the one he's got to play with? I hope AIDS holiday snaps are still coming out okay and that Rachel is able to make it back to recording the show this week. Till Thursday. Toby V photo. Best wishes from Toby Van der Veld. Thank you, Toby. <laughs> Graham. Uh, yeah. No. I've, How I've, are you getting on? I, I I've only managed to get through a roll and a half, um, which you know isn't great. Um, but I've really enjoyed shooting it, and you know it's it's been a fun experience. And I said I'll talk about it in greater depth. I really hope I'm going to do my best to get at least one of those rolls of film developed before we get Hamish on the show, um, so I can actually look at how they've come out. Um, but no, it, it's been fun, and um, I will. I will miss it, but yeah, the timing was just not great for me with it, getting that to play with because I just didn't have time to really get out and use it. Never mind, never mind. Um, well, that does us for emails this week. That was a good, hefty lot of emails, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. It's always really nice to hear from from uh, listeners, and uh, I'm sad to hear that his um, chemicals have have stopped working. But yeah, maybe it is just time to get some new some new now. Yeah, stop being a skinflint, Toby. For goodness' sake, <laughs> God, now we'll, we'll make some caffeinol. Can you develop paper and caffeinol? There you go. Just do that. Goodness sakes. You look like to have plenty of coffee around. That's like a hipster. We've got all sorts of artisanal coffee around. He lives on a boat. He must have artisanal coffee. I'm fairly sure of that. <laughs> is that like a requisite, a prerequisite? Yeah, it certainly is. I see. Okay. 
Well, that's <sighs> going to do us for this week, I think. Um, Steve, remind us again where people can find you uh, and where they should be watching for news of the Kickstarter. Uh, I'm on Instagram as at Everyday Photographics. Um, I'll be posting updates on that with the start date for the campaign, uh, which will be before the end of the year. That's <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Been, it's been good. Thank you for building me a camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Thanks for beat testing it to destruction. Yeah, <laughs> to destruction. <laughs> That's on my slogan. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you you realize it's B E T A, not B E A T E R testing. Oh, is that where I went wrong? I think, it might, be. See. I think it might be. <laughs> Never mind. But um, no, I'm really looking forward to seeing the Kickstarter get going. And I like I said, I just want to see these colourful little beauties out in the world. Um, it definitely looks like something that would be a lot easier to live with than take pictures of than Ronald is. <laughs> so you know, I'm I'm gonna have to buy a dog and see if I can get a dog to buy me one next year. <laughs> That's the only logical. Ronald. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, there might be some merit in that idea. Sadly, um, right. Let's do our important housekeeping stuff. You can find us as always at Sunny Sixteen Podcast on Instagram. That's where I am. Um, sometimes I've been quite lazy lately, so apologies for that. But I will try and do better, especially with the Sunnies coming up on Twitter. Sunny Sixteen Podcast on Facebook. Sunny Sixteen Podcast, where Rachel is lurking um, and chatting away to everybody at great length and posting all the time. <laughs> uh, we've got a Flickr group, which is the Sunny Sixteen Podcast. And if none of those things are appealing, then please drop us a line on Sunny Sixteen Podcast at gmail um, We always love. Hearing from people, especially if you haven't been in touch before, and especially if you've got votes for any of the categories that we have mentioned above. Um, we'd like to say thank you as always to Chris at pixelatedphotographer.com for providing all the technical support for hosting the show and for doing all the important stuff. And as I got told off by Aid, I would like to say thank you so much to Rachel and her lovely band Roja. Uh, the music at the beginning and end of the show is from her your album. It sounds so weird when I'm thanking you and you're right here. Promises I should have. <laughs> Kept, which you can find on Amazon or iTunes, but not Spotify, because nuts no. to Spotify. Um, and I also want to say thank you to our good friend and much mentioned in this show, Mike Padua, for taking the time to make us the lovely little advert, which I will have seamlessly slipped into the show somewhere, as opposed to what I did with last week's show, which was <laughs> horrifyingly mess up slipping it in. Um, hopefully not too many of you had to listen to that terribly garbled beginning of the show, uh, but some of you may have done, for which I'm terribly sorry we will be back next week aid will be here and also his new bosom buddy from the future of photography it's, i was gonna say future of film photography but it's not that it's, it's, <laughs> it's the other kind of photography computational insight in into light boxes is that right some bullshit like that. Um, but Chris Steve, be... what is it? Help, help, oh, help us finish the show. <laughs> um, you find all stuff. But no, Chris will be here, and which will be great because Chris has written a, a great book on um, analog photography. So we'll be able to talk to him all about that stuff. Chris is a very big fan of it. So it should be great conversation. And until then, dear listeners, um, goodbye, farewell, Alf uh, uh, the song. <laughs> Thank you very much, Steve. And, Thanks uh, for having me, guys. Bye. <laughs> See you. Bye bye. bye.